Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we dive into values. What are your values and what are the values to look for in a partner? If that's what you're looking for, if you're looking to be in a relationship, be in a marriage, how do you select the right person for you. We talk with Jen, one of Kristen's friends, who is a children's psychologist, and you will shortly see how much children are exactly like adults. And the more that you can communicate with people like their children, the better off you'll be in all of your relationships. Okay. Keep listening. Welcome back to another episode of the Ask Women podcast. I have one of your hosts, Kristen Carney, along with Marnie Kinris. And today we have my friend on the show. Yes, I do have friends. I know that's very surprising. And her name is Jen and she's a school psychologist. And she's also in a really great marriage, at least from the outside. I don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but I kind of do with Jen. But Jen's a school psychologist and she works with children and it actually affects the way she treats her marriage or works on her marriage because men are essentially children. So <laughs> Jen, thanks for hanging out with me and Marnie today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I mean, I feel like I'm just an ordinary person, but I do think my marriage is pretty good. We have our ups and downs, but I'm happy to share and help out whoever's listening. Yeah. Well, actually, I'd love to dive into why you think that you and your husband handle these ups and downs so well. Because I think the guys who are listening to our show, I would say the majority of them are single and they're going out there and dating. And I want them to look for potential... If their goal is marriage, right? If their goal is to have fun, like do whatever you want. But if their goal is marriage, I would love them to use the same glasses that you wear when you were out and about selecting because it seemed to be a good selection. So what advice would you give to the guys listening on how to pick and select a good partner for them? I think there's a huge red flag in how people fight or how people have like conflicts or resolve conflict. And I can say in my life, we have conflict. I'm not saying we walk around and we never fight. You know, it's rainbows and butterflies. It's not, you know, we have our conflicts, but we never name call. Like I've never called him a name. He's never called me, you know, like I've witnessed a lot of marriages that aren't really the healthiest. And I've heard a lot of like calling your spouse a bitch or even saying it to a friend. Never name call your spouse to a friend either. Like we're kind of good at that. So was that something that you knew about Paul before you guys started dating? Like that he didn't have conflicts or if he did have conflicts with the, like say friends at 
college, he wasn't being like a dick about it. He wasn't calling them names, et cetera. Yeah. He never had like a short fuse. He's more of like a stubborn, I'm going to shut down and leave kind of fighter, I guess. But it's never like a blown out fight where we're screaming, yelling at each other and name calling. And I think that growing up, I did see a little name calling with my parents. Kristen knows. Mm-hmm. Kristen, yeah, I saw it like too. Like my dad would call my mom a moron or something. Like my husband would never do that. So you kind of look for things that, you know, in your spouse that you liked about what you saw growing up and what you didn't like. And I think it's different for everybody, but you kind of want to look at at that. Yeah. Well, let's say they that, you know, you are a name caller and you do you look for somebody that also is a name caller. Like, <laughs> you may be okay with that. Do you look for that similarity? Right. Because then that person's like, yeah. oh, I just I didn't mean it. We were in a fight. Like, they can understand it. Right. Rather than pairing two people. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't mean that nobody can call names or learn to not call names. Right. And, but is that kind of what you would look for? Is somebody who fights similarly to you? Similarly. Yeah. I think there's always going to hopefully, when you have two people like Paul and I that maybe shut down and are a little stubborn, you want to have that one person that like gives more than the other because then you'll never start talking again. But I'm more of that person in our relationship. But I do think like, even if you get into a relationship and you see that they're like that, communicating right away and being open and saying like, look, I grew up with name calling and it's really important to me that my spouse doesn't do that. And if they can't change, then they're not the person for you because that's always going to get you. So I do think it can change. Yes, it definitely can change. I mean, you are a psychologist. You're working with children. So you're helping to mold people or little creatures into being adult humans, which is wonderful. So I'm sure that that definitely helps within your marriage as well. But as I was saying before, it kind of hurts sometimes too, like being in that coaching role. So when communicating about things that you don't like to a partner that you do want them to work on, what is the most helpful way? I would say that you probably communicate way different than many other women do. This is your job and this is what you're immersed in. So you're constantly learning about communication and better ways to express yourself. But for the average person, is there guidelines to give to them about how to communicate these things? And maybe actually give, sorry, for the guys that are listening, as a man to communicate to a woman, that would be helpful as well. So yeah, so I do a lot of training with, my staff on kids who have no self-regulation. So they can't regulate their own emotions. So we have to co-regulate with them. So a lot of times when we're angry and we're in a fight, we always tell the individuals we're training that when you're at your angriest, you're also at your stupidest. So if you're not at, we say like kids come in at a baseline and... And this is true for adults too, right? Like when you're triggered, like you are a moron. Yes, absolutely. So so maybe that person was correct in what they said. Yeah. I must have been angry when I took my SATs. Yeah, (laughs) you were super angry. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So it's known that when you're angry or you're stupidest. So like we tell when you're working with kids, if they're revved up, they're going to say things they don't mean. And that's the same thing with adults. So never, if you want to communicate something that's very important to you, make sure you and your spouse are both at baseline. So you don't want to do it in the moment. That's why I think it's probably a good thing that we do walk away because we're never saying those mean things and getting really escalated to a point where we say things that we can't take back. So I would say just if something's really important to you and you want to get that point across, don't do it in the moment. Wait until you guys are both at baseline. A lot of people are afraid, oh, that's going to start the fight over again. But I think nine out of 10 times it doesn't. 
if you're in a loving relationship. Is there a way to approach the situation so that maybe you don't get triggered again? So as a man, so like, let's say we're talking to a man who, actually, I have this guy that I'm working with right now, right? And he's in the start of a relationship with a woman who is quite insecure. And she said to him the other day, something along the lines of, I wish I could feel your desire for me more, right? And that just confused him and baffled him and kind of made him upset, triggered him. So he's like, I'm touching her all the time. I'm showing her all the time. I think I'm saying nice things to her when she's showing an insecurity. What is she talking about? So he's charged up because he's thinking he's doing all that he could do. But what would be your guidance for telling him like how to then broach this conversation with her where he's not triggered and he does it in the proper time? And again, she's insecure. So how do you handle that properly? That's really funny that you brought that up because Paul and I just had this conversation like that this weekend or this past weekend. He said something to me under those conditions. Like I'm kind of like indifferent right now. And he's like, you feel like, I don't feel like you're into me right now. And he's like, I do this, I do that. And not I'll do the opposite. And I'm like, you need to be specific. We say this with kids too. Like when we say like, oh, a kid just kind of is very aggressive. Okay, well, what does that look like? Is it biting, kicking? Like, what do you need from me? If the hand on the thigh is not working, what do you specifically need from me? And it sounds so like elementary, but I need a hug every once in a while. Like you need to tell them specifically what you need and describe it and not be so vague. Yeah. But how would you get that information out of a woman who's kind of closed off and insecure? So like this guy's gotten the feedback of this is what I need, which froze him up a bit and then angered him. How could he have responded in that moment? Or how could he go back to her? Yeah. I think, again, when he's not agitated, kind of taking in, processing that what she just said to him and saying, you know, I understand that you're feeling I'm not giving you something that you need. Could you please be more specific and say, like, I'm not saying this, I'm not being sarcastic or smart, but I really, sometimes I need to be walked through this and it has nothing against you. I just need to know. Yeah. I love that. Well, so like, that's kind of the advice that I gave to him as well. I was like, go back and be curious about it. You could come back and say, you know, yesterday when we were talking, you said, dun, 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 this statement to me. And I thought about it afterwards and I was a little bit curious by what does that mean for you? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. So if a guy were to say that to a girl, I mean, in either direction, girl to guy, guy to girl, at what point when you're seeing someone or you're dating someone, is it okay to start putting out what your needs are? Is it you've been seeing someone for a month and you start showing like, I need this? Or is it six months? When can you release that kind of inner, not annoying person, but inner need type person before pushing them away? Yeah, I think the longer you wait, the harder it's going to be. I think that you have to be kind of upfront, not like, Here, here's my list of demands, but just being upright. Like, you know, especially if you are ready for a committed relationship and you've been going through all these relationships that haven't been going really well, like, you know what you want, you know what you need. I think it's okay to say it right there. But do you have to ask the person or does the person have to be on the same page in the status of the relationship? Because say you're seeing someone and it hasn't been discussed yet. What are we? And you're just, you know, it's been, we've been seeing each other. We talk, we go on dates. It seems semi-exclusive, but we haven't said specifically we are a couple. Can you put out those things before establishing 
an actual level of a relationship. Yeah, I think so. Because I think you could do that with friendships. You could do that with your parents. You can set boundaries. You can... And with your kids, again. Yeah, with your kids, yeah. Because it seems like I think people who are insecure in dating are afraid to put out what they need because they think if they put out what they need and that person isn't even, quote, theirs yet, that they're just going to scare them away. So they'll be that kind of insecure attachment, hide what they need and just do whatever that person wants. And then if they end up together a year later, all of those steps have been missed. And then it all comes out at the one time. Well, you're a comedian. You know, it all comes down to delivery, right? Like you can deliver the same joke in four different ways and it can come across four different ways to people. So for example, if somebody didn't text you that you were supposed to go on a date with until Friday, you were supposed to go out over the weekend and on Friday afternoon, they text you with the details, right? You could, if your boundary was like, I didn't know that we had a date tomorrow. We didn't confirm and just say, hey, like totally didn't know that we were confirmed for Saturday. Typically, I love to have my plans confirmed midweek, what I'm doing for the weekend. I made plans for tomorrow, but I'm available Sunday. Like things like that, that just establish clearly what your boundaries are. And that's a message for him. Okay. I know Mm -hmm. next time. It's a little bit more challenging. And maybe, maybe Jen, you can speak to this. It's a little bit more challenging for men because I do think men appreciate that honesty many times, but a lot more women can be sensitive to that kind of firmness. So are there some caveats to that? Actually, I can ask both of you because you're both women. Like, are there caveats to men setting their boundaries with women? What's a sexier way to do it so that it's not off-putting? Starting it off with a compliment. Like, I love hanging out with you, but I need this. I think women need to hear that because I'm thinking, especially if it's a woman who's insecure, she's going to hear that. Like, he doesn't want to hang out with me right now. She's going to automatically think it's something about her. And just letting her know that it's really not about her. It's about him. Like, I know I could be a pain, but this is how I am. This is what I need. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I've actually learned that with the guys that I work with from doing this work with like their profiles and their banter and everything, I've learned to be tactful when you're giving feedback because you don't want to start out with, here's everything you did wrong. You start out with, oh, you were really good at this part. This was great. I thought you made a, you know, your instinct here was right. But here's where we need to tailor things or refine things. And so I think it'd be like Jen's saying, it's like a compliment before giving the the kind of harsher information, even if it's not harsh necessarily just by you stating your needs. It's just more concrete, not fun information. But I want to ask Jen about selection and selecting. So I don't know if you want to take a break right now and we can come back and... Yeah, let's take a quick break and we'll come back shortly and talk more. I know we're jumping all over the place, but I think it's all good information. But yes, let's come back and talk to Jen about how to select a good partner for yourself. Football is back. And I hope you guys enjoyed this week's openers, including Thursday night's opener where the Bills killed the Chargers. And if you made some bets on the Bills, you probably did pretty good. And if you made bets, you probably should be using betonline.ag because it is the number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football odds, news, and game matchups 
BetOnline is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. 100%. You guys cannot pass that up. So make sure to go to betonline.ag and use your promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it. I have helped hundreds of men. Maybe we're into the thousands now. I don't keep that good of track of my numbers, but I know we're at the very high hundreds. I've helped so many men get their banter skills in shape so that they're able to get women off of the internet or off the street and onto a date. Guys that don't know how to talk or have rehearsed plan lines or bad pickup artist moves, don't get the dates. Girls want authenticity. And I can teach you how to authentically banter, create attraction, flirt, tease, tease without offending her. I know that's a big thing you guys are always worried about. And be that smooth, easy breezy guy that you've always wanted to be. You can't do it unless you put in the work. So email me at Kristen at KristenandChill.com and we'll work something out. I want you to get your banter skills in shape. And if it's not your banter skills, I can make you a kick-ass profile. I've got the eye for it, baby. I know what women are looking for and I get guys so many matches. Why let all those guys get the matches when you can get them too? So again, email me at Kristen at KristenandChill.com and we'll figure out exactly what you need to get your dating game where it should be, which is way up high. Right now, it might be ankle height. And unless you have really, really, really high ankles, that's not very high. So I'll hopefully see you at KristenandChill.com. All right, we are back 
And thank you to our sponsors. And we're going to talk to Jen about how to select the right partner. How do you choose that person for you? Yeah. And so because I've known Jen for so long, I just want to say what I've seen or what I saw is it was so long ago and I saw so little because Jen and I were semi-disconnected at that point in college. It was like she was in college. I was away. I graduated before Jen moved away. We also hated each other for a little while. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. (laughs) But what I saw of like her selecting, it felt like a very organic process in college, younger. But I don't know at that age, if you just are who you are and your values are already your values, or if you guys eventually got to the place as you got older where your values kind of collided, or you know, if it was just like a guttural thing where you're like, this person is like me. And like, we both love the Buffalo Bills and blah, blah, blah. Like there's those young person things of like, oh, we love the same sports team. But then there's those more mature things that you're selecting as a young, not mature person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fill me in because I've never actually heard this. Well, it's funny. When I met Paul, I was actually determined to find a long-term relationship that summer I met him. But I'm not that kind of person. You know me. I'm not yeah. like, I'm going out and finding my husband. Like that's <laughs> yeah. not what I was doing. But I remember I didn't have that like long-term high school relationship. She had a long-term high school crush. Yes. <laughs> it was the same guy literally for years, one name yes. that was said for probably five years. Yes. And, and I, that was it. Yeah. Really. And now he's awful. But anyway. Oh, there you go. Y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what I know. <laughs> so it was a good thing it didn't work out, but I was also too insecure to even try to make it work out. But I knew like I didn't have that long term relationship in high school. I went to college, really felt like I was not on the same level as everybody else. I feel like everyone came in and they had that boyfriend that they had a breakup with before they came to college. And so, like, after my freshman or sophomore year. After my sophomore year of college, I came home in the summer and I'm like, I'm meeting somebody. And it just happened to work out. Like, I just think like we were at the right place at the right time. It was at my friends from high school's house. They went to the same college, my husband and him, and we hit it off. And I think right from the beginning, I saw that like we were kind of brought up the same way. We were both had the same values in terms of like religion. We went to the, you know, we were both Catholic, you know, we both still went to church. And I mean, not like crazy church, you know, we just, you know, we'd still value, (laughs) we still value going to church on Sunday every once in a while, you know, it was always there. Like we didn't totally like reject it, but then like our personalities again meshed. And I think we grew up together in a way because he was 19. I was 20 when we met and we didn't get married at 23. We didn't get married until I was 28. So we had a lot of time apart too, which is a whole other thing. Like we had a long distance relationship for a while. And I think that was helpful, but Again, as we grew up, we realized we were more and more alike. But I think we sustained because of that reason, because we had those values that were similar. So in that, was there obviously also an attraction? Or did the attraction come because it was like, oh, we have this in common and this in common? No, there was an initial attraction for sure. I mean, I could say that from my perspective. And then the attraction only grew, I think, as we became closer and got to know each other more. So. And then one more question. Jesus Christ. Sorry, just one more question because I know some details. So he had an ex-girlfriend and she, I know Jen, like, don't bring her up. I just got over this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's only taken 20 years. But he had an ex-girlfriend that was kind of causing trouble between the two of Mm. you. Did that increase attraction? 
Yes, I believe that did too. Cause I felt like I, I was very insecure in the beginning of the relationship because he had this, his high school girlfriend had just broken up with him and he wasn't ready for anything. And I was ready. So we weren't on the same page in that sense. And I kind of stuck around and was like, stayed faithful a little bit. And then he finally came around, which I think showed him that I was faithful. And I think that helped. Or desperate. Or desperate. I know. <laughs> I know. And I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking back and it's kind of crazy to think back to, but, but it ended up working out. Like I said, we sustained because our values, like even in terms of like gender roles and relationship and things like that, like, we agree on that. There's never been any fight, fights about that. And I do value that in him. So he hits her and she does the dishes. Sounds like a great partnership. And they never <laughs> yell or call names at each other. It sounds like bliss. But it's funny. I say like generals. I don't mean like specific generals. Like he cooks more than I cook, but like it works. Like, I don't know. We figured out like what works. Yeah. It's like puzzle pieces. Like what he didn't do, you did. What you did, he didn't. Whatever. Yeah. But that's good. Is that through having more clarity on who you were? Because I'm guessing because of, you know, your psychology background, you got to get pretty clear on yourself. Whereas most people in college are like, who am I? And like, you know, they don't really know. So I wonder if that was also helpful too. But people always say like, we have the same values. Like what are some categories of values that people can start to pay attention to? And like, how do you find things out? I'm going to say one thing before I actually let you answer the question. I was on a walk yesterday with my friend's husband. And we were just talking about like their first date. And he was saying, I always found the best way to find out about somebody was to just ask about their family. Because that just tells you who they are, how they operate, like the whole dynamic and gives you a huge peek into to somebody. And I thought that was a really good piece of advice. But to go on top of that, like what are these values? And like, how do you find out if you have the same values? So you're not wasting six months of your life. Yeah. I mean, I do think like some people can make certain things work, but I think in general, like being on the same page in regards to like politics, religion, boundaries with family, I think that's important because some people are a little too close with their family and some people like to have that distance. And I had that issue with him at first. Like I was very, I relied on my family a lot and I would always go home, I would say to my parents constantly. And I, that bothered him. I knew that bothered him. And I had a question why it kind of clicked one day. I'm like, he thinks I'm putting them over him. And when you are engaged to someone and getting married to them, they're your partner. And so it organically changed. I don't go, you know, home every weekend anymore, but like I could feel like he started to like, you know, he noticed that change and he really appreciated it. And was that something that you guys talked about too? Like, did he... It was like, sometimes it was like a a conflict with us. He was like, you're going home again. Like, I want to spend time with you. And I didn't look at it as he wants to spend time with me. I looked at it as he wants to take me away from my family. And once I kind of like switched that perspective, a lot of it is switching perspective. I feel like when a lot of people can't, when they're in the moment. And I think that's what helps me with being a psychologist is realizing that all behavior has meaning. And it's not just, he's doing this to piss me off. He's doing it for a reason. Yeah, most often it's never done to piss you off. It's done from an insecurity or a fear. It's hard to look at it from that point of view, though, in the moment. It really is, even if you're aware of all of those things. Right, yeah. I think what, Mar- and Marnie, where you were going a little bit too was where or how do you, as a younger person... Or as an older person, how do you get these values out, right? Right, yeah. Right, 
asking questions. I think you said it earlier, like being curious. I'm like a very curious person. So just, I wanted to know about his family. I wanted to know these things. I mean, some people may think it's intrusive to ask all these questions, but it's kind of an interview for your life partner. You know, you want to know what you, anything you can know. So I think because I'm so curious, I asked all those questions. And not that he's not as curious as me, but he's not as out in asking those questions, but we figured it out as we as we went along. And because we were long distance, we had a lot of phone conversations. And what do you do in phone conversations? Do you learn about each other? Right. That's true. You have plenty of time to get to know each other without actually just like being physical or doing things. I've started thinking a lot more about values lately. Well, obviously being out there dating, but little stupid things like from Instagram. So when I open my Instagram and it brings me to the discovery page, which is stuff that like the algorithm thinks you're going to be interested in. For me, usually it's like, I don't know, makeup and clothes and that kind of stuff. But it also shows a lot of like fitness things. But in those fitness things, I see a lot of couples doing fitness together. And I'm like, wow, there's actual people that probably date because they value going to the gym or they really like working out and they were looking for like a workout soul partner or something. And and so there's so many, like that would not really be me necessarily, but I mean, if I met someone who was super obsessed with being in shape, maybe it would obviously pull me that way. But there's so many things that count as values that we kind of forget our values. So it's like working out, it's the kind of food you want to eat, the lifestyle that you want to have in terms of like, do I want to feel free to travel at any given time together? Blah, blah, blah. Like there's so many values and I think people kind of limit it. But as you get older, you learn there's more. There's so many. Right. And when you move in together or staying with each other, you learn those things like, oh, he doesn't like to get takeout. He likes to make dinner all the time. Like that was something I adjusted. We both kind of like adjusted to like his mom never went out to dinner. My parents went out to dinner a lot. So now we kind of realize the balance is good to have a little bit of both. And so, yeah, like just what the food you eat, things like that. We're both on the same page about those things. Alcohol intake. Which is great. So I have this exercise a long time ago when I went to my first ever coach that I saw. I didn't know what my values were, right? I would say, oh yeah, there's this, this, and this. But I really didn't know what my core values were. And she gave me this exercise. It's actually a part of my program called How to Become a Man Women Want. And it's like, discover your values. And it gives you like a series of questions that you have to fill out and answer. And like the language that you use really uncovers a lot of your core values. And they're leading questions that get you to put those values out. And then afterwards, you're supposed to go through and just circle every adjective or I forget what it is, but the instructions are in it. But you circle these words and then you write all them down. There's like a hundred core values that come out at the very end. And then you have to rank them. And they're if somebody who's listening right now is like, I don't even know my own core values, that could be a great exercise for people to do to figure out their core values and like what their top ones are. Unless you take your top five or 10. And then those are the eyes that you're looking through when you're on dates. Like, does does she share the same ones? Or does she have a unique spin on this value that could be interesting to me? Doesn't mean you have to have the same values. It's just like an understanding of each other's values as well. And if those differences can mesh in some way, right? And not be blinded by like, oh, she's really pretty and she has a really nice smile and she'd be great in bed. Like if you're looking for partnership, I mean, those values are essential. An essential piece for sure. 
I was just talking to this guy from a dating app and he's really cute and he seemed like on the same page with me as a lot of things. But then I looked at his Instagram and it's all motorcycles. And I know I'm like, I'm so not a motorcycle person. Like I maybe have been on one, you know, like I'm... You're more like I sit on the couch person. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, and you're never going to be one. I, it, it doesn't matter how cute he is. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. But he knew that, like he essentially knew that about me. So I looked through his Instagram and he basically just follows chicks that are these motorcycle chicks. But he doesn't seem like a motorcycle guy. Like there's motorcycle guys, but he doesn't seem like one like in his dating profile. But then you look at his Instagram and that's all it is. And so I asked, why aren't you dating one of the motorcycle chicks? Like that seems like a huge value for him or something that's hugely important. And he actually didn't answer it. But that's an interest for him. That it may not necessarily be a value for him. Right. But it looks like his entire life. Right. Like, like, you know, every day it's a new, I traveled here on my motorcycle and I saw this beautiful scenery on my motorcycle. And maybe somebody else is making his profile for him. So <laughs> maybe that's not even really him. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot. I don't know how many hours his crotch can actually spend comfortably sitting on a motorcycle, like without getting bruised or injured or unfunctional when you're in the bedroom. But that was just interesting because one of his first questions for me was, do you want kids? And so it was like, oh, well, he's clearly interested in me. And I had commented on like, I know nothing about motorcycles, but he still asked me, do you want to have kids? Yeah. Those are his core values for the time. Yeah. So I guess it's like, not being a motorcycle chick is cool with him. It's just his entire life. Well, that's interesting. So we have close friends who the guy, Perry, is like Mr. ATV motorcycle, like has like three bikes in his garage. And his wife is like, does not like going on a bike. She'll go on the back of his bike sometimes. Doesn't like it at all. But she loves that he goes away for boys weekends and does that stuff. And she like lets him do his thing. And isn't resentful of that passion of his, thinking that he likes it better than her. So I think that interests and values, like a value would be, I love like my own freedom. Like my value is like, I really value my time alone and my time with my guy friends and my time riding my bike. I also really value my time with my partnership. So it's very different, like a hobby versus a value. That's a really good point. And there's a chance that that's his thing that he wants to do without the woman that he's with. Right. He may be like, I don't like biker chicks. They're like not my thing. I love like really funny girls who may joke about me wanting to be on a bike and like make fun of me, but then let me go ride my bike by myself for the weekend. Like you can't always tell who people are from what they put out because they're picking and choosing. Like I even say the same thing. Like if I were to die tomorrow and somebody were to go in my nightstand beside my bed, I'd be like, people would have, they would have a totally different perception of me because like stuff that I've shoved in there. Eight dildos? There literally is like a whip in there. No. Right? Like something, I swear to God, like things that are so not me. There are two vibrators in there, which I do not use anymore. Like if anybody were to go in there, they'd be like, whoa, Marnie has like a really racy side. And then if I were alive, I could say like, I haven't used those in seven years. Like this is not me. And we tried this whip once and I hated it and didn't want to throw it away because he spent a lot of money on it. Like I'm just saying. In case you get a horse, you've got it still. Yeah, you don't fully know 
who a person is until you ask them questions and get to know them and actually see who they are. Like, so for people who are listening, like the way to get values out is by talking about you, talking about stories, and then really just seeing who that other person is. Because one more thing before we wrap the show up, my husband actually asked me, in the beginning, are you like a big family person? I said, oh no, I'm not very close with my family. I talk to my mother five times a week. Like I'm close with my family. So my words coming out of my mouth at that time, I was 23, didn't match to the reality. Like I'm very close to my family. I would kill anybody if they said anything. So it's just sometimes even what you say or what you think may not be in line with who you really are. So I do think that really seeing who a person is by their actions is the way to gauge it. But then also talking through is a way to at least let you invest a little bit more so that you can have the opportunity to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before I came on this, I said, Paul, you know, I'm going on this podcast, like what makes our marriage good? And he was, one of the first things he said is like, we both have our own interests. So like he plays soccer, I golf or I dance. And like, that's okay. Like if you find someone has an interest that you're not necessarily interested in, let them do it. And don't feel like you have to immerse yourself in it, especially if you're those insecure people that you're not secure at the time in yourself. Like, let them have that. Yeah. I do want to tie it back to the the kid thing because I think children are very interesting and you're working with them so that they can understand like social constructs and just like who they are as human beings. But I think when we become adults, we do forget that these children are still inside of us. Like my husband, this is his mean thing that he actually says to me. He says, I'll say, but sometimes I do want to be treated like a child. Sometimes I'm in that emotional place where I do need to be nurtured like a child. He goes, you're not a child. You're not going to say my age, but (laughs) you're old. And that like crushes me when he says those things, you know, because I'm just like, I'm just telling you, I'm really sensitive right now, like a child. And I... I'm in this moment feeling like a child where I need some assistance. I'm not the adult. I can't be the adult. See, but I feel like Jordan in that situation should go with you on that. Like that is something. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, trust me. But that's his trigger. That's his meanness, right? Where, And he's wonderful. But his meanness comes out when he's triggered because he only wants logical and cannot take in emotional. It doesn't make sense to him. Right? So later on, it can, and he can be really comforting, but in the moment when he's triggered, and this is where we've learned to sort of do what Jen and her husband do, is walk away because we used to go down this path where he wouldn't respect my emotions for quite a while in communication. And that would really damage our relationship for like, you know, a week sometimes because... I just felt so unheard and he felt so not in the logical world and that was damaging for both of us. Well, think about it this way. When you were saying, I feel like a child, to me, it sounded like you felt like you needed some kind of security. And I was just talking the other day with my girlfriends about like, what's the best quality in Paul or what's the best quality in our partners? And I was like, I feel like anywhere I go with him, it could be a torrential downpour. It could be a monsoon. He's going to keep me safe. And I feel like women need that. Oh, yeah. And, and Paul was like mad about that. He's like, I thought you thought I was funny. And I'm like, no, I do think you're funny. But the security piece is the piece for me. And I think that comes from our childhood. We want to feel secure. We want to feel safe. And you want to feel safe in your relationship. A hundred percent. I say that all the time. On the last episode that we didn't tape together, Marnie and I, 
I mentioned it briefly and I just said this could be an entire podcast, which I feel like we should do an entire podcast on safety and women in dating. And like I had an experience recently where I was on a date, made out with the guy. Uh, It was like a great makeout. And then my car didn't start right afterward. And so he was kind of there to take care of me with my car not starting. And that made me like made the make out or like made me like him that much more. Oh, yeah. And it was almost like a good thing that my car didn't start because it gave him the opportunity to be like, I'll step in and we'll figure this out. I love that. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. safety is just like, you know, I mean, I think it's more for some women than it is for other women. But I think no matter what, it is a thing for all women. It may be at different levels, but I know for me, it's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. For me too. Um, Yeah, same. And yeah, there's ways to make women feel safe, but I think, yeah, we should save that for another show. I think we should do a full episode on that for sure because I think it's really essential because it's hard maybe for men as well. Like how do you make them feel safe with not overpowering them or disrespecting them? Because I'm sure all three of us are pretty alpha females. So, and that can be challenging too, right? So I think like teaching those nuances to men because it's in the moment when you need it, right? Not always doing it for you. Yeah. I have a couple techniques that I teach the guys that I work with. Oh, wonderful. Okay, so let's definitely talk about that in another episode. But I'm going to wrap up this episode. But Jen, thank you so much for coming on. This was wonderful. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Thanks. Yeah, and so nice to meet you. Yeah, see, nice to meet you too. Yeah, somebody that stuck around with Kristen for so long. For so many years. So many years and you still (laughs) like her? Amazing. She's tough. Yeah, Yeah. she can take a lot. (laughs) I love it. Well, you're from New York. You're tough, right? Thanks, (laughs) Kim. But yes, thank you for coming on the show and being, you know, so open about your own relationship and then also sharing your expertise as a psychologist. And Kristen, thank you for coming on the show since we don't really get to do the show very often together. If people want to find out more about Kristen and her lovely bantering skills, go to kristenandchill.com. And then you can go and find out more about me and the Wing Girl Method at winggirlmethod.com. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out at 5 p.m. Pacific on Thursdays. Please go and subscribe to our show and share this show with any man that you think will gain value, which he would gain a lot of value from this, especially because we're talking about knowing your own values. But please go and share this episode with as many men as you can. And you guys are awesome. We will see you next week. Thank you.